Hey, it's your boy Sebastian. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode of Notable Nerds was recorded before I changed the podcast name from The Pro Nerd Report to Notable Nerds. Notable Nerds is a podcast under the Pro Nerd Report brand. Just wanted to let you know so you didn't think you were listening to the wrong show. That said, thank you and enjoy. This is Notable Nerds, a pro nerd report podcast where we introduce you to really cool nerds who are doing really cool things. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my goal is to highlight nerdy, talented people who are killing it in the world. In each episode, we will hear their origin story, and they will impart a bit of advice and wisdom to others who might be looking to get in their industry or just learn something new. Without further ado, thank you for joining us, and now let's meet today's Notable Nerd. So coming up on today's show, we have a very special guest with us today. He is the solo dev extraordinaire, the creator of the awesome game Lucid, and an all-around dope nerd. That's right, we have Eric Manahan with us today. We're going to talk about his game Lucid, the inspiration behind the game, and he's going to give advice to aspiring video game developers. All this and more on this episode of The Pro Nerd Report. Topic number one. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me today on the Pro Nerd Report is my very special guest. He is the solo dev extraordinaire, the creator of the dope game Lucid. This is Eric Manahan. Hello. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to have you on the show. So can you introduce yourself to the audience? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. And uh, to everybody out there listening, um, hello, my name is Eric Manahan. Um, <laughs> and I'm the, uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, the solo dev of Lucid. Okay, okay. So can you tell us a little bit about like how you got into game development? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, it's one of those things like, let's see, do we talk where I like first played my first game is like, this is what I want to do, or uh, I guess we'll fast forward and get rid of all the boring stuff. But uh, I was, um, so I come from an architecture background. I studied to be an architect in, uh, in college. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, like architecture students have little to no social life. They like live in studio. And it was late one night, like, two, three in the morning. I was just getting ready for a presentation and I was like really burnt out. And I, I just was, I think it was like uh, Destructoid or something, but I, I came across um, a demo of what would become Iconoclast, that um, that really awesome pixel 2D Metroidvania-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I came across the like early demo. This was like 2000, like 10 or something like that and uh so i play like the first level and a half and i was like good lord this is awesome and i like look into it i'm like wait a minute what one dude made this what i i didn't had no idea it was even possible and uh i like reach out to him and i was like hey man like congrats this is amazing like how would you even go about doing this and he gave me like advice and just said he's like using construct two at the time i think and he just kind of pointed me in the right direction and ever since then i just did it as like a little side hobby like little pixel art here little coding there i started in game maker um and then eventually i uh, went to unity and uh about two years ago now um i picked back up lucid which was on hiatus for the longest time and uh that's where we find ourselves today 
dang. So all this was basically like a little advice and then a lot of like how to really. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It was like um, a lot. Well, actually a lot of how to, like I lived and breathed the game maker forums and like I, YouTube, I would like digest and consume as much uh, game making knowledge as I possibly could. Like while I was in architecture offices, uh, more more time than I probably should have been. I was on learning to code in pixel art and not doing architecture. Do you find any correlation between the two? You know, architecture and the game for, development? Yeah. For sure. Like, uh, I'm really, I can't say I regret going to architecture school because it really helped like train my brain and like how to design, think through design and, um, like it really just trained myself like how to interpret how I want people to move through a space, how to feel, like shapes, color theory, like just a bunch of designed knowledge or design knowledge that really transferred over to uh, like making levels, like um, what's important, like there's a hierarchy visually. Um, I mean, and it does it also doesn't hurt that I've been playing games since I was like what, like five on the Super <laughs> Nintendo or something like that, but uh. Yeah, it, it definitely transfers over. Um, so uh, as much as as much as I fell out of love with architecture, I really respect the process of it and uh, really glad I did it. Okay, so before we dive more into game development, we have a segment called Putting You on the Spot. So for every first-time guest on the Pro Nerd Report, we ask your top five questions based on your... They really based on your specialty, so to speak. Ooh. So what is your top five games of all time? <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? That's like so unfair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite games. Okay. All right. Um, okay. I'm going to have to put my own rules on this, and I'm going to try to not double up okay. series-wise. Because that's... Oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm going to st uh, start out the bat. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to merge. One slot's going to merge some. So one slot's going to be A Link to the Past, Ocarina okay. of Time, Majora's Mask. That's like one little nugget right there. Um, okay. I, actually, Zelda, uh, Link to the Past is like one of the first games. Uh, when, I when I actually got my own SNES when I was a kid, that it came bundled with that. And mm -hmm. I know every pixel of that map, light and dark, like, Oh god, I played the ever living crap out of that game. I love it. Um, and likewise <laughs> for the other two. Um, so do you think that's the best Zelda game of all time? I don't I think it is like the granddaddy of what made um what makes a good or what made what they ran with. Like they they mm -hmm. found out what worked and they ran with it and they perfected the formula a little bit later. Um and obviously they've departed from that with Breath of the Wild, but I think it really set the stage for like what a Zelda game is. Okay. Um and it but you know, like uh there, there's some things uh they could have done better, but like it's hard doing something for the first time and limitations and uh the industry was still pretty young back then, but uh uh, it's it would be hard for me to say it's the best Zelda, but I think it's one of the best for sure. Okay, so it's in your top five. So what's number four then? Okay, so my four slot. Oh, uh, I gotta go Mega Man X. I Whoa, okay. Friggin' love Mega Man X, man. Uh, another 
Capcom, like at the Capcom at the height of their powers, uh, and pretty much uh, maybe like X one, two, F and four are my favorite X's. Um, three is great, but meh. Um, <laughs> and then pretty much it just nose dives after four, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, Mega Man X, that little ch- chunk series, uh, like the the whole rock paper scissor mechanic, the, mm-hmm. the stages, the the design, like the the, the run and gunness of it, uh, the, the finding all the hidden uh, power ups and stuff. Like uh, I love that game. Uh, I I used to draw like my own Mavericks as a kid and try to like make my own animal. You were really into it. You really were. Oh, dude, I was super into it. Um, Okay, 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 okay. That's a solid list so far, though. So far, so good. Um, It's getting harder. Okay, three, 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 three. Uh, Oh, how could I? Super Metroid. Super Metroid is, again, another a grand, a grand poppy, a grand mommy, actually, of Mm -hmm. um, what Metroid would become. But Super Metroid, I remember I went to a GameStop and I traded in. I forget what I traded in, but I traded in like two pissant games for a game <laughs> that I had never heard of and I never I knew nothing about. And it was just Super Metroid. I'm like, that looks cool. That's a cool that's a cool dude in a, a really cool armor. And uh, I take it home and it was late and it was like back in the day when like trading in games was like really new and it was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went home, it was like I rode my bike home, it was late in the summer, and it was like all the lights are out, and I just remember that intro happening and uh oh my god that like uh that slow burn where like the the uh the stations all blacked out and all the bodies mm-hmm. are on the floor and there's only that metroid there and making that squeaky and then the sound hits oh my god i get goosebumps just thinking of it but yeah the that sound game, design was next level in that game oh we yes sir it was um like every like it was probably the most atmospheric lonely game i'd ever played and like it didn't hold your hand whatsoever and i I think you're gonna find that it might be it kind of is a through line hello can you hear me Three Zeldas. Um, okay, I'm gonna jump ahead. I'm gonna say Dark Souls. I love. I have no idea dark... what happened, Eric, but you cut out when um, we were talking about number three. After I said that was a really good sound design. So oh, can you repeat that last surface level? Ab- absolutely. Uh, the sound design is amazing. Um, uh, I, I mean, I was like in a my own little world when it was happening. But essentially, no, we were it... enjoying it. It just cut out. I have no <laughs> idea what happened. Uh, I think I was saying something like it was the most atmospheric, uh, isolated um, gaming experience I had ever had at the time. And like it didn't hold your hand at all. Like just it let you to your, gave you left you to your own devices and you had to just figure it out. And uh, that seems to be kind of a through line. And a lot of my favorite games were we'll see. And mm-hmm. uh, I just really love uh, like I don't like too much hand holding like it's not colored by numbers it's like let me paint my own painting uh i find that more fun okay um so did so, yeah. you enjoy metro dread i did i did like Ooh. metroid dread it was like a really solid metroid um but i was mildly disappointed 
because every time I, I played it with a buddy and like we've noticed um, every single time, like you, you go ahead, you think you'd like completed something, you beat a boss, something, you got an item. We would try to backtrack and we would mm -hmm. never, never be rewarded for it. It was very surprisingly linear, but I know there's like um, speed running and like uh, changing uh, courses, but uh, I, I'm a pretty knowledgeable Metroid uh, player and like I, it wasn't, I couldn't find anything secret. I was not rewarded for going backtracking like at all. And uh, I was pretty bummed out about that. But the, the Samus has never had so much swag and the animations <laughs> were amazing. That shot of her, I think it was like the first boss, like the scorpion looking thing where yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's dead. And like in it, then like uh, it shifts focus to her in the back and she's like walking kind of like whatever. And like, just kind of point, it was like so badass. I'm like, Oh my God. So uh, yeah, that game is really awesome. But uh, I, I still want, more freedom i want freedom okay i understand that i can get that completely so you were saying number two. Oh, number two. Oh, it's uh i'm gonna jump ahead and it's real i don't think it's much a surprise to anybody nowadays but the from soft cattle like everything almost anything dark souls the, the bloodborne like mm -hmm. this the from Soft's dark souls series uh i love all of them but oddly enough my favorite one is Sekiro. I love, oh. love, love, love Sekiro. Is it, it is, the fast-paced movement? Yeah, it's the, it's the you are in. You can dictate the pace of the fight. It is the twitch reactions. It is the. Um, it's almost like a. It's more of a rhythm game than anything else. Like, uh, it's the the enemy designs. It's the world. It, like I just felt like if I'm playing a game and if you master the mechanics, you can just tear through almost anything at any time. Like I, I would just feel like a God, even like at low level, I could just like mow through levels just because I know the game so well. Uh, it's a really good feeling instead of like the grindy, like, Oh, I can now kill you in two shots instead of three. I can, I, I beat you because I know this game better. Like I like that better. I'm really surprised that that was like your number one from software game. Have you played Elden Ring yet? Yes, I have. Sure <laughs> have. I uh, I really really enjoyed Elden Ring, but mm -hmm. I remember being I was frustrated more often than I would have liked. Okay. And it was for like weird, stupid reasons, and uh, it's like nitpicky stuff. But it all started to stack up, and I'm like, why is it? Why would it do this? Stupid stuff like um, I you. Why does FromSoft or at least Elden Ring they prioritize your interacting button? Like they prioritize people's messages on the ground over. Oh, I don't like that at all. In world, so some freaking jabroni. I remember there's this pit you fall on, like um. There's these roots mm -hmm. in like the mine or something, and I, I saw some stuff, and I, I went down there, and all of a sudden it was like that sarcophagus snake thing, and mm -hmm. uh, I was not—I didn't have any healings. I was like, ah, fuck, 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 crap, 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 and I'm trying to <laughs> trying to get out, and there's only one freaking ladder, 
and some jerk put like a bunch of messages there so i couldn't activate the climb animation i kept reading his stupid message no and it was, no yeah man and it was just stuff like that and uh i don't know <laughs> i i it's it's a masterpiece it is a um a, a, a what's it a leap forward in the world uh, open world genre like it is so does so many things so so right and then it does something so wrong that i just want like blood boiling and i was just like why would you do this um <laughs> so uh yeah I, i'm like hot and cold on elden ring okay i can get that i get that so number one game of all time for you Which oh one my you oh my god uh i know limiting it down to one that's so hard Okay, I should uh, say that this none of this list has not been ordered. However, okay, the, gotcha. the last spot, <sighs> I'm gonna go with. Damn it! <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, it, it's between two. It's between. Okay, two what's the two then? So, and I think it's gonna be one and not the other because I should have slotted it in. You know, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna slot Breath of the Wild in with the other Zelda. I loved okay. it. I thought that that's another not perfect Zelda, but I have not felt that like kid finding stuff, like discovering stuff on the playground and all these weird little everywhere I went was a surprise. Like I haven't felt that way in years when I played that game. I, I took a week off of work to play it nonstop and I still <laughs> didn't beat it in a week and I was loving every second of it. So that that's one. And then the other one, I'm going to give it to another game that took me by surprise how much I loved it. It was like amazingly like the mechanics are amazing. The controls are amazing. The story is amazing. Like the meta-ness of it is amazing. And the game is uh, Hades. Oh, I love Hades. Absolutely H love Hades, Hades. is so goddamn dope. It's, it's unfair. It's so good. Like, Oh my god, the gameplay loop was so good. The combination of the boons, the the, the whole dying at like the the way they tied dying into the story into the roguelike was it's like so good. Genius. So good. So good. Every weapon's viable. Like it, it's just so good. Um like it was one of those like this is a video game. Like it felt video gamey like i love the twitch reactions. I love the arena-ness. Like the um I love games that do I think it's like the Doom modular I, I could be misremembering but it's a uh, this design type where you just kind of make a bunch of modular enemies and then mm -hmm. like the the real trick is like combining those pieces in a uh, arena and so like the different uh environments plus the specific enemies you put in them really dynamically change the experience so like oh a, yeah so like a corridor Maybe mm -hmm. really difficult if you have a bunch of long range like zoners, but if you have a even a big arena, they're easy peasy, like something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I love that game, man. So I'm gonna go with Hades. I love Hades a lot. I love the voice acting in it. I think like the combat, like you said, there's no bad weapon, even though yes. there might not be like, uh, even though there's not like my, I might get like a weapon every now and then that I'm like, uh, I, okay, this is not my favorite. Right. Maybe I'll, but. Other than that, it's like all the power ups feel f like really well thought out. All the, especially like the later power ups that you get in, like later in the game with, um, yeah. I, I can't remember the ice god's name. It was, it started oh. with a D. Was it Di Diameter? Diameter? Yeah. Diameter, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Diameter? Like, yeah, yeah. I got her so late through playing that game. I think it was like 40 hours into playing that. And then wow. it introduced another mechanic for me. And I was like, Oh wow! I love yep. this. 
Yep, yep, yep. I, she was the one that could. Uh, there was this thing where if I think whenever you dash, it would make like an ice laser. Is that yeah, one? Yeah, you like um instead of your B move, which would basically send out those like crystals that home that home right. crystal. Yeah, you would. Yeah, it was. It would send out the laser, and you can like it make the lasers intersect depending on how you placed them. That oh, was it was so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it becomes like a weird tower defense mm -hmm. thing. Oh yeah, that's the the build variety. It was, and you could do it on the fly. It was just so good. Like oh my god. Um. Yeah, I I really love Hades. That's a good one. I understand why. Like, I love super giant games in general, but I, Hades just caused a special place in my heart, and they yeah. did not let go. Yeah, I think they really hit their like they find like they cracked the code because every one of their games is like I I really enjoy. I really love Transistor. Mm -hmm. Bastion's great. Um, Pyre is weird, but also just a solid game. But this mm -hmm. one, I they really kind of like. They broke into, I guess, the mainstream, if you want to call it that, but they found a really large audience with that one. I believe that too, because it it really it took me by surprise because I heard a lot of like, you know, game insiders talking about how good Hades was, but I was like, okay, they talk about like indie games all the time in the sense that where they get to review games and they get to see like all the the major reviews and. Then they're off to the next thing, and they say, "Oh, this is great." But then they're off to like these big AAA games. So yep. I'm, I'm like, "Okay, how good is it really, though?" Because the next thing you know, you're talking about like three other games. And then I tried Hades, and I was like, "Oh, it's that damn good." Oh it yeah, is. it's that good. <laughs> oh yeah, it is that damn good. Yeah, man. Hades, yeah, Hades was crack for me. I yeah, it, it really was. I, I would be working, and like on my lunch break, I'd be like, "I can mm -hmm. get like." A run or two in and then like four in i'm like an hour after my break i'm like ah fuck. <laughs> it is oh. so good it is so good but i can talk we can talk about hades all day but let's get into the topic of the show let's talk about your game lucid oh okay sure <laughs> yeah how would you describe that game for the audience okay um it is it's like an amalgamation of it's a love letter to all my favorite games growing up. It's like every there's so many pieces of other games in there. Um, but I would say the the largest influences are actually <laughs> Super Metroid, Mega Man X, Zelda, okay, <laughs> Hades, <laughs> Dark Souls, and uh, oddly enough, Celeste. Um, I love Celeste. Celeste. Yeah, man, I that was another game that I really, really enjoyed. If if your list was like six slots, it would have been mm -hmm. it would have made that one. But um, Celeste, I've been affectionately calling Lucid the the first Celestoidvania. It's um, oh, that's sweet. That's a dope. You should like really market that. That was really <laughs> cool. That that's a dope tag. <laughs> Thanks, man. I've uh, I've actually I've been kind of running with it um, ever since PAX East. I've been just kind of dropping it and. Um, Hopefully, hopefully it takes off with that. But um, yeah, man, I uh, so Lucid way back when started off as like a really traditional Metroidvania, like when I was first learning coding. And um, the long and short of that story is I, I developed this game for a long time and then I went on hiatus. It was just all consuming and I'm like, I got to not do this. I have to focus on other things. Mm -hmm. um, years go by. And then we're, me and uh, my fiance are walking the dog and she just says, whatever happened to Lucid? And I'm like, ah, she's like, you were so happy. I loved it. 
you should continue. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You know, I've been thinking about picking up Unity. Like, maybe what, what better way to learn Unity? I'll like port over the game and figure it out. Um, so I did that. And then this is a little bit after I had played Celeste. And I was, I have, it, me and my Discord, uh, I have the shower thoughts. It's like an, a meme. I've All my ideas are shower thoughts. I'm in the shower and I have a shower thought. And also like, oh my God combined the metroid game with celeste mobility the node uh traversal and that they just a huge a million synapses fired and like that's i ran with that and that's kind of like where i expanded lucid into what it's become today um that's really dope that's really cool i feel like I'm the same way in the sense that all my favorite, like all, all my best creative ideas come in the shower. Yeah. So I get it completely. <laughs> it is just that it's that time to where you really zone out or really focus in on some, something that maybe you were too busy to actually hone in on. Uh, it's that absolutely. kind of feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, er too many like micro distractions taking away from your thoughts and like they all just melt away in the steam and you can see things clearly oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. it is it's almost like a, a level of zen that you couldn't accomplish anywhere else but yeah. the shower yeah man i mean a close second is the throne uh really close to the shower yeah. uh, <laughs> but shower is definitely numero uno yeah i understand that completely <laughs> I understand it completely. so you talked about a lot of your inspirations with lucid um mm. how, and you you know you kind of hinted at you know, the direction and what made you create this game but how did you really get the gameplay to be this tight? Oh, that I'm probably going to have to... I knew from day one I wanted those tight controls of like a Mega Man X. Um, uh -huh. uh, th those old school platformers. Just like it felt like... In it, and oddly, actually, uh, Super Smash... I am a huge, huge Super Smash Brothers fan. Um, Who's your character? Who you play as? Right now in Ultimate, uh, I play Captain Falcon if I'm feeling saucy and <laughs> if I want to win on Wi-Fi because Wi-Fi is hot fucking garbage, I'll play, <laughs> I'll play Samus. Um, I've always loved Samus, but uh, I know no, no one wants to play a Samus online. It's annoying, but mm -hmm. I'll do it if I got to win. Got to do it. <laughs> Go for the W. <laughs> All right. So before we get back into Lucid, I, because we're gonna we're gonna go back into it real quick, but I have to ask you a, a side note question: Are you are you playing multiverses right now? I only played one or two rounds with a buddy the other night. Um, What'd you think? Well, okay, I was pretty. I was a little faded, mm -hmm. just a little, but I remember it felt like weightless. It felt weird, like my. I would hit make connected hits and it didn't feel like I, I couldn't register a hit. It, it was really hard to describe like in smash, like you, you would get a hit and you're like, Oh yeah, that felt good. Th you these, can feel the weight of it. Yeah. I could feel the weight. Mm -hmm. And in, in this game, it was like, I was the iron giant and I, I, I felt like I was like flatting, like swatting flies. Like it didn't feel right. I really liked the concepts and I liked all the characters. It's just, it felt weird. I would have to play it again to really give a, a good answer, but um, maybe so it's that character. And you know, this game is still in beta, but like I played with Wonder Woman, and she, I actually felt that like that was the closest I felt with a Smash clone of mm. saying like, "Oh, this feels like Smash. This actually has that like 
nuanced, you know, technicality, that weight behind Ooh. it. But well, that's fair enough. I mean, yeah, granted, I played one character in like two matches, fa- pretty faded. Um, so I'd ha- I, I wouldn't say I gave it its fair shot, but I remember those were my uh, drunk thoughts. <laughs> I understand. I understand. You know they, what they say. You know, drunk, drunk us is honest us. So yeah. I, I, I can completely get it. Give it another shot and let me know what you think. But I, I've only played with Wonder Woman myself, so you know it could be just that character. And plus, this game is still in beta, so yeah, yeah, it could yeah. Be a whole, a whole plethora of different things. But. Totally. I mean, to, don't get me wrong. Like, I would love more awesome smash games and i I hope they they pull it off because i like the concept of the two and the whole like Mm -hmm. helping each other out with buffs or you know the lasso thing like it's really cool so yeah i hope i'm I'm right there with you i think that's a genre that hasn't been explored enough yes smash is kind of like you know been the the smash bro king like it's hard to Mm -hmm. beat but uh yeah man i talk about smash all day trust (laughs) trust you me Smash and Hades, it seems like we can just talk about it all the time. Unbelievable. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's talk about Lucid a little bit more. What are what do you feel like are some challenges that you had in making this game in 2022 as a solo developer? So let's see. I think the the biggest challenge I face is my own limitations as like a programmer. Um because mm-hmm. I I'm self-taught. And I I can do a lot oh, a lot of the stuff I want to do I can do but I like just bang my head against the wall until it works where I'm sure there's other people that can just like do it blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the hardest part of developing Lucid would be um, trying to find the balance of scope, time, um, capabilities. Um, and like finding the right balance and like making sure it works in as a as a whole like holistically but also um not be lackluster uh uh but i do know that even though i am uh i've been a solo dev for a long time i think i've been i'm slowly growing some like outside assistance like some contracted help um, okay so i'll be having like an extra hopefully an extra programmer soon maybe even another uh pixel artist uh i have a buddy helping me um fill in the gaps with some of the story um what oh i have a, a, a two two amazing musicians have been helping me um with some tracks here and there uh, uh andy andrew black and uh, my fiance actually they've been uh, doing a bunch of awesome work in that front so i've uh like uh slowly been growing out the the team over the two years but okay uh, okay yeah so they, all the things that have been something i've had to struggle with i can soon focus on all of my strengths entirely and uh, it'll just make dev- devving that much easier that's so cool so it's slowly but surely you're becoming a nick fury who's collecting these yeah. Avengers, basically. <laughs> yeah man oh i like that uh <laughs> yeah man i'm assembling a team <laughs> yeah for sure for sure yeah uh, but no that's that's really cool so how how did you go about like uh, working as a developer and especially you know for the most part you're still solo so how do you go about decision making? How's that process? Do you feel like you 
have like a concrete idea of okay this is the direction we're going in or do you also feel like sometimes you're maybe like i'll try this out and see kind of how it plays out and is it more trial and error sort of thing it's always it's definitely always trial and error but uh, that's to say i have uh extensive i like plan a lot coming from an architectural mm -hmm. background like uh you're just you you plan a, you don't just go up to a, a site and start building like you you draw it out you got to draw set everything out you got to have schedules you have to get the material you have to like have everything on paper before you break ground ideally okay um and that's kind of how i approach game design where i make a very thorough game doc i write out all the things uh all the abilities i'd like in there the gameplay loop i have the story i've written the story in like giant broad strokes with a lot of the in-between. I've been creating this world of lore, like Dark Souls amount of lore for years. And uh, uh, so it's all just like kind of like laid out on digital paper. And uh, so it gives me a really good concrete, like this is what I'm doing today. And then the trial and error part comes when I've made it. And then I see, is it the most important thing is, is it fun? And if it's fun, does it uh, make sense? And like, does it fit in the world and do all the mechanics? Is it covering something that, how do I put this? Is it doing something that someone's already doing in the sense like overlapping abilities? Like if, if two things are doing the same thing, like it's unnecessary, like trim the fat. So everything has to be unique. It has to have a purpose. It has to fit in the story, a very holistic, like everything needs to tie and work together. That makes complete sense. So when you're creating everything, do you feel like a lot of the times, like you, this is my vision, I actually get to see my vision come to real life or do you oh, feel like, oh, totally. what were you saying? No, you totally. Absolutely. How does that make you feel? I bet that that's like a huge sense of accomplishment there. It's pretty, it's pretty addicting. It's, um, I've been, um, I'd c I would consider myself like a creative, like a, most of my life i've always been kind of into the art artistic stuff um i love drawing i like i make music all that stuff so seeing i like being able to see a physical thing when i'm done making it um but to your to question it's definitely an awesome feeling i have this my fiance oh she works in another room but i have this tick when i i'm feeling when i'm feeling myself or i did something i like I like rub my hands like <laughs> like that and um I'll do that once not knowing it and then I'll hear in the distance like her do it and I'm like all right all right all right <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This episode of the Pro Nerd Report was brought to you by patreon.com/theprodnerdreport. Do you want to support the show? Do you want to aim me in my quest to be the very best like no one ever was? If so and you got some dollars to spare, you should become a Patreon producer. By becoming a producer, you can get the show a day early as well as get the show ad-free. Well, now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. I saw a lot of the influences of um, a lot of the games you mentioned before, but this feels like its own original thing. It feels fresh. It feels it, it feels like it has those influences, but then you've taken some of the best parts about that, made it your own, and then came up with this really original lore storyline and also original design around oh. that and I've, i'm like first of all i commend you for that and second of all i want to say like how big of an undertaking is that oh man well for, uh, thank you um <laughs> thanks thank you very much it's um it's a big undertaking 
for sure. I um, it's kind of, it's kind. How do I put this? It's kind of a risk to even try that sometimes mm -hmm. because sometimes what's hot right now or familiar um, sells much easier, and trying to make something new that maybe takes time to understand is is less safe. But I wanted to make something very its own and um, you know like a lot of uh, a lot of homages like uh, all my favorites like they're the greats for a reason and uh, I wanted to try to take a stab at it and like make my own take on it but um, to your point it was pretty difficult making something that was unique with so much great um, stories yeah with so much mm -hmm. great inspiration it's really hard to like like i'll make something and then like a year later i'll see something that's like eerily similar to it and i'll be like god fuck, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and i'll have to like go back and i'll tweak it because i just i don't want i want it to be its own thing um but but it's a combination of um like real world inspiration like um the sentinels are inspired by like japanese shinto and uh toltec like um mm -hmm. uh, like uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're i they're they were kind of new to me when i found it but some people already know what the toltec uh uh oh my god culture was but uh yeah that's one thing but then also i made in-world creatures like in-world mythology in-world lore there's like a creation myth that's heavily influenced by i don't even want to really say it right no yet, don't spoil it i'm sure somebody out there will be like wait a minute and they'll, think they'll figure out what's the huge inspiration of the creation myth and like they'll be able to piece together but uh i was a huge vati vidya guy like mm -hmm. that whole dark souls um that that lore community mm -hmm. and i wanted to attempt to make that for lucid and uh it's very a lot of environmental storytelling a lot of characters um it's like an in-between like i hope for a happy medium of dark souls ambiguity and zelda like lore and npc villages sort of in between where it's not too nebulous but not too handholdy okay okay and i think that really shows in the especially with what we've seen in the game so far so I commend you for that. Oh, I got to ask you, like, the pixel art style is absolutely gorgeous. And I know you're a big fan of pixel ga art games because I'm like, look at your top five list. <laughs> <laughs> top five list. Was that always the design, though? Was it, um, Did you go into a game thinking, like, I'm going to make a pixel art game like this? Yes. Yes and no. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. I definitely always knew it was going to be pixel art. But... Um, if you if you uh, look on my Instagram, if you go to the bottom, you'll see just how much it's changed. And Owen's been through. Owen's the main character you play as, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he's been through. Jeez, oh, maybe like five updates, six updates. <laughs> uh, like originally, he was when I was I was first starting out. I bit off way too much i was capable of i was trying to make like marvel versus capcom like dark stalkers level sprites oh, wow. mm -hmm. and like it took me a week to do one idle animation i was like all right scale it back <laughs> and mm -hmm. 
then it went then it kind of turned into this hyperlight drifter kind of aesthetic side scrollery thing and it, it ran with that for a while and then um i just over time i was practicing 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 pixel art and eventually i kind of found my own little kind of my own little style i guess you could call it um, yeah for real i would definitely call this your own unique style because it does you know like maybe if you really tried hard you can maybe c can compare the art style to like some things but you'd have to try you know mm. it, it's not one of those things to where you see this and you're like oh that's just like such and such you know true true oh oh that's thanks so much that's a really nice compliment but uh yeah I'm like, I would have to, like, I'm, you know, while we were, while we were talking, I was looking at some of the footage of the game, you know, and, you know, the way he's zipping around, the way he's moving, and the art style all around him, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I can see inspirations for games, and I can see inspiration for art style, but I would really have to just sit down and think, okay, what does this look like, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like that's really good, because, I mean, you made something that stands all on its own. Oh man, that's awesome to hear. I uh, well, thank you. That's definitely something I was shooting for, and uh, I'm really happy that I hopefully will stick that landing when it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, what advice would you give to people who want to get in the gaming development field as a solo creator? Hmm, that is a good question. Hmm. <laughs> Let's yeah, see. If, if you were going back in time, and what, what would you tell yourself? I guess I would tell myself it's such a it's such a big question because it's such a big medium. Like game design is my favorite thing in the world because it's like the meeting of every artistic medium in my opinion or maybe many people's opinion. Like it's music, it's coding, it's physical like art uh design architecture like psychological looks yeah looks lower story cinematic it's every everything you you think of it it's in a video game mm -hmm. so uh, where to begin i guess i guess i would say what about game design do you like what is it what about it draws you to playing games whatever that thing is Ma try to master that like dive fully into that learn everything there possibly is and then when you think there's nothing else th that you can possibly learn like expand and then move on to the like the next thing you love because um i think if you can specialize in something it literally makes you the word special um and eventually in enough time you become the jack of all trades but you at least knowing how all the pieces come together, I think is very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really think of anything else. I mean, I guess when it comes to designing a game, uh, find the fun. I, I heard that somewhere and uh, it it's so true. Um, I remember playing around and like, it was just, there was, a, I can distinctly remember the moment where I was moving a character around and then it, all of a sudden it became fun and i found the fun and i and it was the celeste thing and it felt good <laughs> it was fun and i ran with it and expanded it so if you're making a game whatever your idea is if it's not working like keep trying like find the fun like sometimes an idea will change and evolve and it'll get there but uh yeah just have fun and find the fun 
Okay. Do, is there any programs, like specific programs, you would recommend to newcomers? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a much easier question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, I should have narrowed it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that one's, uh, I, can, I can do that in a heartbeat. So, uh, Lucy, I know for me, um, as a 2D uh, game, uh, mm-hmm. the, the three programs I use, like, for the most part, is uh, I use Unity, I use uh, an A-Sprite. A Sprite's a pixel art program for it's like specialized in animating and pixel art. I cannot recommend A Sprite enough. I mean, I feel like I should be getting commissions at this point because <laughs> I only t- sing its praise. Uh, it's awesome if uh, you want to learn pixel art. And then uh, I also use Photoshop like a little bit here and there for small touch ups or like promo art and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the trinity I, I roll with. Okay, okay. So which out of those three, which one do you feel like was the, the biggest challenge to learn about? Definitely Unity. Okay. I, uh, I learned Photoshop in school. A-Sprite is like sort of like Photoshop, but for pixel art. And uh, so like those were very much quicker for me to pick up. But uh, Unity is so deep. It, it's like a mile long and tw- 200 miles deep. And uh, I'm still learning things still and i'm by no means a master but uh i can definitely get the job what i need to do i can get done but there's still so much to learn okay okay if so if you were like let's say you're the big ceo of like this big tech company and you're coming out with like a new game engine studio that's supposed to like revolutionize 2d gaming what are some aspects you would put into it Ooh. <laughs> i know that's i hit a- you with a curveball there but I like it. Uh, let's see if I could have my like a 2D engine like exclusive type of thing. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Or even if you were creating the next Unity, what would you do with it? Uh, I guess I would. It would be great if. So I'm not the biggest fan of the what's it called like n- visual coding or like node based coding. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's great for what it is trying to do. Um, but it would be really, I think this is probably heresy to some people, but if there was a way to even cause game maker has GML, which is like, uh, this code language that is kind of this sh- shorthand for actual coding mm-hmm. and unity uses C sharp, C sharp, um, if there, if Unity, if this hypothetical engine could somehow use uh, even s- like a simplified, easier to understand, I guess lower the bar for incomers, uh, that would be helpful. Uh, okay, but, but, almost like a plug and place method as opposed to like yeah, like the- um, I guess instead of like having to instantiate something, like you have to make all these, like you have to. I feel like I have to copy and paste like a bunch of stuff a whole bunch of times to instantiate mm-hmm. a variable and then get the component, yada, yada. It'd be cool if there was like shortcuts like in this coding language that'd be like, I'm making this and it should automatically do this and I don't need to code it. Like just do it and then tell I, if if I don't want it to happen, I will tell it not to. Okay. Instead of me having to tell it to do it. Cause it's like, no, like, duh, it should do that. Um, it's super I don't know, like nitpicky, and I'm sure some coders out there are like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But uh, as a, when I was a newcomer and like trying to figure it all out, it was uh, it wasn't as intuitive as I would have liked. Like now, it's 
like obvious, but uh, when it, at the time it was a little bit of a headache. I mean, let's be real here. It is like learning a language. Yeah, and I am dog shit at learning languages. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, the the barrier of like the ease of entry could be a lot easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, I guess I lucked out because I did that with the game maker side. But mm-hmm. um, if they could do some like like baby steps and then you can grow into full C sharp, just kind of like transitional period a little bit. Maybe, maybe that would help. Don't so, really know. As a game developer, what do you do? You like where games are going right now? Do you like the the Unreal Engine five, all that kind of jazz? I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, if the question is, do I like hyper real graphics sometimes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the hyper real um, graphics and just where the gaming industry is moving as, as a whole. That's a big question too. Uh, yeah. I I think it's insanely impressive when a game can achieve hyper realism, but mm-hmm. I think it's even more impressive to find a style and uh, what's it called, like a timeless style. Like I remember people were shitting on Wind Waker when it came out, and nowadays mm-hmm. Wind Waker is regarded as one of like the prettiest GameCube games ever. Um, and I think if you can stylize something, it means it was intentional. There were like, it, it feels like it was intentional. Whereas realism, it's very apparent what the cap was, like what the limitations were. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not to say like stylization has its uh, is unlimited. They're there, but it's easier to kind of blend into. Oh, we meant to make it look like that. Uh, and I, I very, I value a very stylized aesthetic um a little bit more than uh hyper realism but uh okay that makes sense but in regards to the game industry uh uh there's some parts i like i like that the new um what's it the project l that new fighter that's coming out mm-hmm. that's going to be free to play i think that's really smart i would lo- i'm really excited to see where that goes uh don't like micro tra- hot take. Don't like micro transactions. Oh uh, God, I hate them. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. I really got to ask you one last question before you go, though. Bring it on. All right. So I know you you're mixing all everything you got going on in life, whether it be game development, whether it be playing games, hanging out with your loved ones. How do you balance it all? Ooh, man, hit me with a hard. Real I have to hit you with a one-two punch before you go, Jesus, man. Jesus, man. <laughs> well, uh, I guess, uh, I guess before. First of all, thanks for having me. This has been a blast. And then, how do I balance it all? I don't know if I, I don't know if I do, my friend. I worry and question how tunnel vision I become and how much I work. And I, okay. I do my best to reel it in i I am notorious and uh infamous for working too hard too much too long um but i've been getting much better at like taking a break going for a walk drinking water uh you know putting the computer down hanging out with friends Mm -hmm. and family um a schedule helps and also a dog a dog really helps and uh, a timer same here yeah man like she's the dog's like a a living timer where like they come up and they look at you and they're all cute like what's up buddy and they're just like i gotta go outside like 
can you wait? And they're like, no, right now. I'm like, okay, let's go for a walk right now. So, uh, yeah, I, the dog and um, my fiance really helped me uh, not get, you know, to tunnel vision, pull me out. And like, it's more beneficial than not. Uh, helps clear my head. And also, they don't mean to, but they give me inspiration like all the time. They'll just say or do something or take me somewhere and I'll see something. And it inspires me with an idea that I can take back later. And uh, it definitely helps. It's, okay, uh, that's, that's good. That's good. At least you found the balance and you have other things and people to help you like when you don't find the balance, you know? Yes, yes. If I were left to my own devices, I would just wither away and... <laughs> just fuse to my couch and my fingers will just fuse to the keyboard like oh my god so okay i lied well i got a couple more follow-up <laughs> questions now yes based on what you said now well okay so tell us a little bit more more about the dog that's oh, what we really want to know zoe is um the best girl in the world she okay. is an angel from above and she can do no wrong okay okay those are those are just facts i'm just giving you science facts right now okay um, yeah, I love that little dog. She's uh, she's very cute. She's this little white um, border collie, uh, like Amstaff Terrier mix, and she okay. she, she thinks she thinks she's like two hundred pounds. She's <laughs> she's only like twenty pounds. Oh man, just just the other day we're on um, one of those nature walks, and mm -hmm. uh, she's like acting kind of funky, like right over the ridge, just over this hill, like we we can't really see what's over the hill, but we can see here right at the cusp. I'm like, what is she doing? She's got this weird position. We keep walking ahead and she's playing with a coyote. And we're like, what? What? We're like, no. what? We freak out. We're trying to get her back. It becomes this whole ordeal of like, she's like, what's the problem? She's all sad. And the other, the coyote is gigantic, dude. I've never been that close. I was like, uh, maybe like 25, 30 feet away from this coyote. This thing was a table. Um, and it like started following us. Like immediately we start, we, we tried to yell and make it go away. We start going back to the car. We're like 20 minutes into this walk and it starts following us and starts barking at us as we're trying to get to the car for like a 15 more minute walk until we got closer and it left eventually, but it was scary. And she was like, what's the problem? I want to play. And that's what I get for going outside. That is, <laughs> that's why I stay inside. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's funny i yeah my dog is kind of like that too i have a labradoodle oh well uh boy or girl and boy his name is oh. biscuit <laughs> yes biscuit the labradoodle that is a like s tier dog name that's awesome man how long have you had biscuit um biscuit's about to be two years old so we got him whenever he was about four weeks old so for unfortunately like it, it was a rescue and the mom had passed away so we we kind of mm -hmm. jumped in and, and biscuit's been with us ever since that's awesome man. that's so nice to hear uh i um you're like melting my heart just so, <laughs> so cute um, i'll have to send you pictures of biscuit but um no I'll like We'll do a trade. I'll trade uh, one for you, uh, one of mine, one for yours, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, Biscuit, um, like, doing the podcast and everything, he'll jump in my lap and, like, basically look into the microphone like he's going to have his words <laughs> next. He's <laughs> like, that a treat? That for me? I yeah. I can eat that? Yeah. Like, no, 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 don't eat that. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. But, no, yeah. So when are we going to see the dog in, um, in the game? When are we going to see the dog in Lucid? It's so funny. You, uh, so 
there are char- there are a few characters that are like stand-ins for friends and family of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the scribe is one. He's a buddy of mine. Uh, but then there's these two other characters. They're called the uh, Cheru and Goguma, and they are the stand-ins for Una, my fiance, and Zoe, our dog. And um, uh, little 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 secret time. Uh, Goguma is. Mm-hmm korean for sweet potato and sweet potato is uh zoe's nickname that her mom gave zoe so that's that's, that's why. sweet that's yeah. really sweet that's a cool little easter egg yeah 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 so only only your listeners know that little tidbit <laughs> right now <laughs> okay we'll keep it on the low line. that's so dope so man we are all out of time i know you gotta get back to it i know it's getting late over there so before we go where can the people find you? Oh man, uh, I always forget that this is a thing. Um, I, <laughs> thank you, everyone who stuck around this long. Uh, I hope you had fun. I know I had fun with you, man. It was a good time. Thanks for having me. But if uh, if people could go to Steam and look up Lucid uh, and wishlist Lucid, that would mean the absolute world to me. Like uh, I can't explain how helpful it would helpful it is and how much it's necessary as a small indie like myself um i i please and thank you at times a million but uh yeah other than that if that's not your thing uh instagram is where i'll post all my work uh for the matte black studio that's the the studio moniker i've been working under um we also have a discord community up to it's growing and it's super friendly i i, I couldn't be more proud of it um so yeah that, that's where you can find me so everyone, I will be including links for Lucid in the description of the podcast. So be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, I'm super down to come back and talk more nerd stuff with you. That sounds great, Eric. I'm glad to have you on the podcast again, and I'll catch you in the next one. Thanks again. Bye, everybody. Right. So that's it for today's show. I want to take a moment to thank Eric Manahan for joining the show today. Definitely go check out his game, Lucid. Just a reminder, you can get the show later on the Pro Nerd Report YouTube channel as well as all your favorite podcast services. If you like what you heard, please leave a dope review and subscribe. The Pro Nerd Report releases every single week and brings you the dopest guests and topics in the nerd community. This is your host, Sebastian. I can be found at SebastianSDM3 on all social media platforms. We thank you for joining us and we hope to catch you in the next one. Peace.